The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Together, we explore the strange and fascinating worlds of the unexplained, the mysteries that hide behind reality. They exist, as we know, in dreams, uncanny perceptions, and sometimes in coincidences that we attribute to fate. When Ethel Brooks, an attractive woman of 43, prepared to debark with her husband Harold at Southampton after a voyage from New York, she was nervous and distracted. He was not unaccustomed to such spells, and being a kind man, spoke sympathetically to her. It's the headache again, darling. You must be tired of them, Hal. No, it's not a headache. You're overly excited. Returning to your childhood home after almost 40 years. No, no, it's more than that. I don't know how to say it, Hal. I, I have a premonition. About one. I sense... I really can't explain it. That we'd be wise to go home. There's something dreadful waiting for me at Round Tour. Our mystery story, The Empty Coffin, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor and stars Tony Roberts and Carol Titel. I'll return shortly with Act One. No one in my experience leads an entirely serene life. Happiness is relative. You cannot avoid worry and disappointment. Each of us must face his share of trouble. That certainly is true of those we think of as normal. But what about others who are not just normal? What about Mrs. Brooks and her premonition? I'm sure that you've had hunches, some good and others bad, but premonitions? Late one afternoon in the paneled office of Dr. Dunbar, a psychiatrist, Ethel Brooks leans forward in her chair, hesitates, and then softly asks, Am I mad, doctor? Tell me why you ask. Well, my husband told you that. No. All he told me when he made this appointment was that you have suffered for many years from severe headaches. Physically, there's nothing the matter with me. I have, I guess you'd call it, hallucinations. One, not many. And tell me about yours, Mrs. Brooks. I always knew that I was born in England. Although, not at first. Later. I was very small at the time of the Blitz. Ah, you were brought to America. To Providence? Well, no one told me, but... I knew. And when I was older, I, I'd been adopted from an orphanage. I'd go into a, a, a dreamy state, and I could see myself and, and other children on a big ship, and then landing after many days at sea with everything all black. With the family that adopted you? Oh, they were wonderful people. Carl and Agnes Anderson. They knew nothing about me. I grew up as Ethel Anderson. They took me in. They were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, as you grew older, did you try to trace your history? No, it wasn't possible. All kinds of records were destroyed in the bombings. Oh, of course. When I was in my teens, 
I began to have these these visions. And after every experience, I'd have a really bad headache. Hmm. Now, in those visions... Well, that's when I saw myself on the ship. It was blacked out. Did you see anything else? Yes. Yes, I did. I, I saw myself in Cornwall and Devonshire. And I lived in a great house near Camelford. Oh, that's near Camelot, you know. Uh, I didn't know. That's interesting. Uh, did you ever return to England? No. Well, I, I've lived in Providence since the time I was four. If I ever really knew my name, I, I don't now. And neither do the Andersons. Mm-hmm. But what about the orphanage? It's closed. I didn't want to hurt the Andersons by inquiring about me through whoever ran it. Anyway, the woman who ran it died years ago. Well, that's a remarkable story, Mrs. Brooks. Your hallucinations are real. I can tell you one thing. They will persist until you drive them from your mind. And so will those headaches. My advice is go to Camelford and satisfy yourself about your roots. Once you've done that, you'll be well. Read this, Doctor. Hmm. Well, for heaven's sake, the past has come to you. Yes, first in my visions, and now, in fact. Interesting, Mrs. Brooks. This letter from Camelford about your father's, your real father's death. I, I'm tempted to tear it up, Doctor. <laughs> darling. Oh! <laughs> Don't squeeze so hard. Don't forget how. I'm a mental case. <laughs> Is that what Dr. Dunbar told you? Seriously, what did he have to say? Come, sit down. Did you like it? Mm, very much. You told him everything? And I showed him this. Oh. Well, who's the letter from? Begin with the envelope. Hmm. From England. Read. It's uh, from a solicitor. That means attorney over here. Mm -hmm. Even lawyer. Oh. Well, let's see what he has to say. He says quite a lot. Ethel. This is wonderful. <laughs> they found you. <laughs> You're an heiress. Forgive me, darling. I'm sorry about your father. I don't even remember him, Hal. Carl Anderson is my father. Well... Now I know my original name. Gill. Ethel Gill. I'll be darned. After all these years. And uh, Tobias Gill's estate passes to you. Well, where the devil has he been all these years? I don't know. The lawyer, Mr. Nelson, who sent the letter might. I, I really don't know. Hmm. Isn't that strange? Yes, it's spooky. In those dreams of yours, did you ever see him? No. Only the house near Camelford. I, I can't explain it, Hal. And neither could Dr. Dunbar. But he accepts it. Mm, and the name of the place is uh, Round Tor. Tor? Mm -hmm. A hill. A, a craggy hill. Cornwall's pretty rugged country. Well, this calls for a celebration. We'll go out to dinner and talk over plans. Plans for what? <laughs> My real estate brokerage can take care of itself for a few weeks. What's coming to you? England. Cornwall. Camelford. 
We'll go by ship and have a wonderful vacation for three or four weeks. Have you taken leave of your We can afford it easily. If you... Carl, I intend to write to Mr. Nelson and tell him to sell the estate for whatever it is. No, sirree. I want to evaluate that house and the land myself. Oh, maybe it's so wonderful we won't want to sell it. Oh, but really... I... I am determined to make the trip. Besides, aren't you curious to see where you grew up? What's the matter with you, my dear? Why the frown? It's just that after all these years, I I just don't like, oh, rooting around in the past. But it's interesting. And it's your history. I know, but... All right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll speak to Dr. Dunbar and... You you don't have to. He thinks I, I should visit Round Tour. He thinks that if I go there, my hallucinating may stop. Thank the Lord. He doesn't guarantee it. But he did tell me to go. Well, then that's settled. Uh, We'll celebrate, and tomorrow I'll make arrangements for the voyage. Then you can write to Nelson. How? How, dear? Yes? I I don't know why it is, but I'm afraid. Good morning, Ross. Hey, that is me, Mr. Nelson. Good morning. Are you well? And your family? Oh, for a man of my age, I hold up pretty well. My wife and son are in vigorous health, thank you. It's always a pleasure to see you. Uh, the accounts are... No, Ross. I wanted to see you on a personal matter. I have news. I have located Mr. Gill's daughter. What? In heaven's name, Mr. Nelson. It can't be. It's well nigh 40 years. It really is true, Ross. You've knocked me over, Mr. Nelson. Oh, it's joyous news. Mr. Gill told us that the child had been killed when the Nazis bombed London. My goodness. I can't grasp it yet. It was Mr. Gill who led me to the discovery. Shortly before he died, he told me that Ethel had been taken by ship from Liverpool to America. Uh, His repentance came mighty late. Uh, It's a sad story, isn't it? Tragic. Wife and child. Uh, Mr. Gill and his lady and child left for London when the warning about an invasion came and later he returned with her body. We we buried it in the family plot. Killed during a raid. I heard the story from my father. But the child escaped. How, I don't know. Mr. Gill said that the child, along with many others, was taken by lorry to Liverpool. There they embarked for the States. The ship docked in Providence. A correspondent of mine consulted the British consul there, and together they managed to trace a number of English children who had been placed in an orphanage for adoption. But why was Gill's daughter considered an orphan? I don't know, Ross. I asked Gill, but he claimed that the child and the mother had been killed. There are no records. Then if, if I might ask, how did you ever find Ethel Gill? From records in Providence pertaining to adoption. Oh. We found out that the child had been adopted by a Carl and Agnes Anderson. And there's no question that the woman who is returning here to Round Tour is Ethel Gill? None whatsoever. And, and her married name? Brooks. Mrs. Harold Brooks. Brooks. Mm. I wrote to her when I was pretty certain that she was Gill's daughter. I received a reply late yesterday. She and her husband will land at Southampton in a few days. 
I don't know what she plans to do with the estate. Ah, well, I I would welcome her return. I've been caretaker and tenant farmer for almost 50 years. Rantor has been my home. Well, if it's sold, I might be kept on. If not, I've, I've provided for myself and family. May I ask you something of a personal nature, Ross? I don't mean to be impertinent. Hey, ask away, Mr. Nelson. My father, he's retired, you know, told me that Gill took his wife and child to London for two reasons. He feared that Cornwall would be invaded, and he wanted his child, Ethel, to be enrolled in a proper school in or near London. That's what he gave us to understand. Did that strike you as peculiar? It was peculiar, Mr. Nelson. You might say it was leading lambs to a slaughter. London was not safe at that time. Gill returned alone? With his wife dead and the casket ready for burial. Oh, it, it broke my heart. She was a fine, gentle lady. Mm. When he returned, what was Gill like? Oh, grim. More worried than sorrowing, the casket was placed in the parlor where the corpse could be viewed, so I was told. You didn't pay your last respects? I wanted to remember the lady living, not dead. I did attend the funeral two days later. Interesting. You sound puzzled, Mr. Nelson. What is it that would be troubling you? Their history doesn't altogether make sound sense. Does it to you, Ross? Isn't there some element missing in this mystery? I'm content that the child is returning. The past, Mr. Nelson, is like a funeral gone by. Well, whatever it is that still hangs over the life and death of Tobias Gill will lift. Then we'll know the entire truth, Ross. The entire truth. may be like a funeral gone by, but to the English solicitor, Ralph Nelson, something lies hidden there about Tobias Gill and the deaths of his young wife and child. He feels that it will reveal itself. Perhaps Mrs. Brooks knows or has seen something in one of her persistent dreams that will complete the puzzle. I will return shortly with Act Two. battle of Britain killed thousands and maimed more. The bombings destroyed official and personal records. Families were separated and children evacuated to the country. Some left England's shores. Now one of those children, Mrs. Harold Brooks, is returning to the land of her birth, to Camelford, near the Camelot of legend and history. She and her husband are in their stateroom as the liner is being docked. We should be on deck, Ethel. This is exciting for me. You go ahead, Hal. I'll be all right. Darling, relax. I've tried to, but last night... I... Another experience. I don't know what else to call it, Ethel. Neither do I. But the closer we come to land, the more intense they become. Oh, uh, what you see and, and the headache? There must be something wrong with me, Hal. Trust Dr. Dunbar. 
He said that you'd be cured if you actually saw what you've envisioned. Round tour, Camelford, the countryside. I know, I know. I wish that somehow I could shake you out of your... Whatever they are. Your depression. I won't brighten up until we're on our way home. Ethel. <laughs> Darling, you're crying. I'm sorry. It, it, it's the ship. The ship? Now, what in the world? Know, it, it reminds me of what happened when I was almost four. Sent away from my home, sent to America. It's so long ago, Hal, but I, I, I can see it now in my mind's eye. Well, of course, of course. That was a bad time, Ethel. Uh, but this is a good one, a happy time. You've come back to claim your birthright and a piece of your land. Before you persuaded me to make the trip, I, I told you I was, I was afraid. And now, Hal, I'm more than afraid. You'll see that I'm right. There is something about my past, about Round Tour, that is, is evil. There's something wrong about it. Well, I, I don't agree, darling. I, I admit it's funny that you were found by Mr. Nelson after your father's death and not while he was alive. Well, why didn't my father try to find me during the past 40 years? Well, he thought he thought you died in the bombing. Oh, no. He knew I was alive. He didn't want to find me. What was his secret? That sounds like dramatizing, my dear. You'll see that it isn't. Well, then let's find out the explanation. Well, it's the explanation I'm afraid of, Hal. That's why I have this this premonition of something dreadful that we might discover. Good morning. I'm Ralph Nelson. I'm Ethel Brooks. This is my husband, Harold. How do you do? Much better, now that you're really here. I'm very glad to see you. Did you have a nice crossing? Uh, just fine. And the drive here from Plymouth was very interesting. Do sit down. I must say I had the devil's own time trying to find you, Mrs. Brooks. I'm very happy that I did. Do you know why my wife's father didn't try to find her until you found her after he had died? That has troubled us. I can understand that. I really do not know the answer. Mm. Is it okay to ask if he knew uh, that Ethel was still alive? I don't know that, Mr. Brooks. Huh. Well, this is like pulling teeth. Pardon me? Well, uh, was it assumed that Ethel, Ethel Gill, died with her mother in an air raid? That is what Mr. Gill gave my father to understand. I took over his legal practice many years after the war, you see. Uh-huh. Well, then what caused you to initiate a search after Mr. Gill's death? He was a dying man when he spoke to me. He whispered that his daughter might still be alive. Why? Because she was boarding at a school outside London... I managed to learn that some of the children were taken by train to Liverpool. After considerable checking, I did learn that a ship had sailed with children aboard to America. I, I remember that voyage. You do? How was that possible? Well, I, I have this ability Ethel, to... Ethel, um, uh, we can talk about that later. The fact remains that your father knew or suspected for almost 40 years that you might be alive. And didn't lift a finger to find me. Now, doesn't that strike you as odd, Mr. Nelson? What kind of man was Tobias Gill? I never knew Mr. Gill socially, but my father did. He has told me that Gill was a hard, self-righteous, humorless man, arrogantly independent. He was a farmer? Once. Later, when he prospered, 
He turned his land, 50 acres, over to a tenant farmer who was also caretaker of Round Tor. He is a wonderful old man named Ross Luddington. Is he still the caretaker? As of now, yes. Is he tall and straight, with a a craggy, handsome face and a mustache? As a matter of fact, he still is all those things. Aged, of course, but still a fine-looking old fellow. How did you know, Mrs. Brooks? More of that remarkable memory of yours? (laughs) I do sort of remember a man like that. Mr. Gill didn't make some dramatic deathbed confession or something, did he? No. Only that he thought that his child might have escaped death from the bombings. But he didn't tell that to anyone during his lifetime. Not that I know of. Well, sir, you have been kind and helpful. Uh, As Ethel said, we owe you a great debt of gratitude. Thank you. I'll have my clerk take you to your hotel. It is beginning to be exciting, huh? Good. This is the first time in weeks that you've sounded lighthearted. You'll see, Ethel. Those dire predictions of yours are not true. Dire predictions? Well, my wife for years, has seen Camelford and Round Tour in her dreams or in visions. It's frightened her. Good heavens. Why? Because I have been troubled by what I have seen, Mr. Nelson. I still am. You have taken time to tell us something about Round Tour. But there's more to the story than you know. Or I. But I make this prediction. What is still hidden from us will surface soon after I have stepped inside the cottage at the top of that round hill. It's beautiful. This is quite a piece of property, Ethel. I love it. It is lovely, isn't it? Mr. Gill clung to the thatched roof. Round tour. If I could only... Remember everything. Perhaps more will come back to you after you visit with Ross. Well, there is now. Well, well, bless my old soul. It's the child returned. Hello, Mr. Laddington. Oh, 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 mister, is it? Never did you call me any other than Ross, my girl. This is my husband, Mr. Brooks. Ah, and a grand man he does seem to be. Good morning, sir. Thank you, Mr. Luddington. And let me look at you. <laughs> the Lord works many miracles, Miss Ethel, and your return is one of them. If you'll excuse me, I want to have a word with Thomas. Uh, he'll be waiting for you, Mr. Nelson. Uh, tell the old lady to serve you a cup of tea and, and some scones. Enjoy your visit. I'll be back in half an hour. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to see you, Miss Ethel. Growed up and married. And the mother of two fine children, a son and a daughter. Marvelous. I, uh, you'll excuse me staring at you, Miss Ethel, but... Oh, look, the first thing, Ross, is to forget Miss Ethel. Just plain Ethel will do. Aye, direct like your dear dead mother, buried yonder in the family plot. Well, come into the house... With Mr. Nelson's permission, I've brewed a pot of tea for us, and and I have some fresh scones. (laughs) Then I'll show you around. Come along. The door's open. Come right in. It's charming, Ethel. What a childhood you had. Would have had, dear. Aye. You were close on four when he took the two of you away. 
Well, now, come into this sitting room here on the right. Oh, sit here by me, Hal. Uh, Ross, shall I pour? Oh, if you would, lass. Is that um, Mr. Gill on that wall, Mr. Luddington? Uh, that'd be Tobias Gill himself. Uh, he's a stern-looking man. I don't remember him at all. Well, you had no reason to, child. There was a nanny looking after you. Mr. Gill had no time for you. Or his wife, for that matter, poor thing. What happened, Ross, 40 years ago? Well, Mr. Gill had heard that the coast might be invaded by the Nazis. He hired a car and took his lady and you to London. They placed you in a boarding school. Uh, your nanny had left for reasons I, I, I won't go into. And stayed the night in a hotel... He returned alone in a small lorry. Uh, in it was a coffin, and in it lay your sweet mother. How terrible. Uh, it was a blow from which we have not recovered. Uh, have you a picture of my mother, Ross? Well, it so happens that I do have. Uh, it, I placed it face down on that little round table. Uh, here, here it is. Mm. Beautiful. Oh. Isn't she lovely? Ross, where was this picture taken? Oh, in this very parlor. Yes, but, but where's the, the fireplace and, and the mantel? Eh? Oh. Oh, Mr. Gill had that boarded up years and years ago. Why? It looks like a wonderful fireplace. Eh? Well, a frugal man he was. He, he said the fireplace wasted heat. Hmm? Were all his money? The same. You know what strikes me, darling, if I might say so? What? Well, there's your father's grim portrait hanging on the wall. And here's your sweet mother. Yes. Go on. Well, I'll ask Mr. Luddington. Hi. Mr. Luddington, do you see any resemblance between Ethel and her mother and father? Dating from the 17th century, there is the English phrase, the skeleton at the feast, meaning that someone present has a secret to conceal. Ethel Brooks is certain that there is a secret about her background that will be revealed on her visit to her childhood home of Round Tor. And revealed it must be, if literally, she's ever again to enjoy peace of mind. Perhaps we'll find out when I return with Act Three. I'm almost certain that at some time in your life, you have experienced the sense of an event which you seem able to foreshadow. It might be vague. Maybe it's just a hunch. Whatever it is, you're not entirely surprised when it happens. Isn't it strange that Ethel Brooks, orphaned to America as a small child, has persistently been able to picture round tour in Cornwall, England, where she was born? Well, she and her husband are asleep. It's ten o'clock. Hal. Hal. Wake up, Hal. What? What? What time is it? Ethel. Listen. Listen? Listen to what? Are you having another... Whatever it is? No, I... It's someone sobbing. Let me switch on the light. I'm not. 
not dreaming, Hal. I hear it. It's someone downstairs crying. Oh, there is no one downstairs crying. There is. Hmm. Well, there isn't, but I'll step downstairs and check if that'll satisfy you. I'll go with you. All right. All right. Come along. Put on your slippers. It's cold. Uh, switch on the stairs light. Okay. Hal. Yes? Hal, it's coming from the parlor. Darling, nothing's coming from anywhere. Are you really awake? Don't be nasty. Well, I hear nothing. Look, come into the kitchen and I'll pour you a glass of milk. And then you're going back to bed, all right? It's gone. Uh-huh. Oh, darling, I, I, I'm sorry. Really, I, I'm all right now. Forget the milk. I, I'll go back to bed. Are you all right? I am now. I think I know. Are you coming up? Uh, in a few minutes, darling. A bit of fresh air might be good. Well, don't be long, huh? <sighs> Why, Mr. Luddington. Good evening, sir. Just making my last round. It's early, only a little past nine. Is the lady asleep? Well, she woke up suddenly with, um... Well, she was frightened. Uh, she claims she heard sobbing and that it came from somewhere in the parlor. I didn't hear anything. It's nerves, probably. Aye, uh, could be. Uh, you think she could have heard anything, Mr. Luddington? Well, if she says so, it is possible. Mrs. Brooks told me how in America she could see round tour. And how as a child, there she voyaged on a dark ship. That's hallucinating. I don't doubt it. Your wife's a Cornish woman. And there may be persons hereabouts who have that gift. Mm. You believe in that stuff? Uh, ghosts, visions, messages from the dead? There may be some that do, yes, sir. But do you? I don't disbelieve it. Mr. Brooks. Well, sir, I'll be wishing you good night. Good night. Crying, sobbing. And the old man believes that Ethel might have the gift. I'd better have something stronger than a glass of milk. Good morning, my dear. Oh, good morning, Hal. Oh, you've had breakfast? Yes, ma'am. How about some ham and eggs? Huh. Oh, where'd you get all that stuff? Ross brought it over. Have some tea. Oh, thank you. That'll be nice. You had a sound sleep? No more sobbing? Nope. Hmm. What did you mean last night when you went back upstairs and said, I think I know? Know what? I'd rather not say. Okay. Just so you're all right. Hal, I want to leave Round Tour. Hey, we just arrived. We'll need a week. No, to... we, we can leave everything to Mr. Nelson. Meaning what? Oh, nothing much. I just don't want to sell the property. Oh? Well, you're disappointed? 
You're thinking of Ludington and his family. No, it's not a matter of Ross being dispossessed. It's that Round Tor is where his roots are. When he dies, we'll return and sell it then. Ethel, I like this place. Why don't we stay just a few more days? The Luddingtons have been extremely kind. And let's not be rude and rush off after just one day. Will you indulge me? Of course. Two more days and then I must put this... this past behind me forever. I'm going for a stroll. I'll go with you. It's a beautiful morning. No, 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 please. I want to be by myself. I want to visit my mother's grave. Laura Miles Gill. Born 1914. Died 1941. Killed during the bombing of London. May her soul now find peace. Let no man disturb it. Good morning, lass. Oh, good morning, Ross. Oh, she would have been 64. Aye. Your mother was a remarkable woman. A lovely and a kind lady. And this is where she is interred. I dug the grave myself. Ross, if my mother was killed in an air raid, how could my father have escaped? I don't know. They were together in London at the boarding school where they left me. So we were given to understand. It could happen, I suppose, but I don't believe it. Well, it cannot bring her back from the grave, lass. I wonder. I heard her sobbing in the house last night. So your husband told me. You believe me. I can, that. What does it mean, do you think? I think it means... No. I'd better not say. Uh, And it's better for me not to ask. It will shock you, Ross. I think that this is an empty grave. It's an extraordinary request. I realize that, Mr. Nelson... I know you have to get some sort of court order, but that shouldn't be too difficult. She is my mother. Ethel, let me say again that what you want to do is very disagreeable to me. There's something sacrilegious about an exhumation. Your mother was brought back from London. The body was viewed and buried in sacred ground. You have no basis for your doubts or for the request. I agree with your husband, Mrs. Brooks. Then I'll dig her up myself, with Ross Luddington's help. Oh, no. You're dead serious about this? Yes, I am. From the time I began seeing Rantour in my visions, for want of a better word, I'd known, I'd really known, that there was something very wrong about it. About my parents, about me, orphaned to America. And then the closer we came to Camelford, the stronger my sense became that... That there was something, something evil about my history. And then I heard her sobbing. Extraordinary. Ethel, look, uh, this morning you wanted to go home at once. Well, let's. We'll pack and be away from round tour by tonight. No, Hal, because now I want the truth. I want my mother's body exhumed at once. Cry, oh, 
open the casket, Ross. Uh, oh, no, no. Lord, forgive me. I, I, I cannot. Well, then I'll do no, it. No, 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 no. I'll do it. I'll do it. Give me that wedge, Ross. Uh, you're determined, Ethel. Please. Oh, Lord Almighty. Mr. Nelson. Mr. Nelson. It's empty. I knew it would be. Sit down, Mr. Nelson. I'll boil water for tea. No, I'll do that, Hal. I won't be long. What a gruesome experience, Mr. Brooks. An empty coffin. Unbelievable. It's positively weird that your wife seemed to know it all the time. What could have happened? I haven't the vaguest. The body was viewed in this very sitting room, so Ross told us, and it was confirmed by the undertaker who prepared the body for burial. It's a terrible shock. Except to your wife. Well, what do we do now? You and I do nothing. This grotesque discovery does not affect the inheritance. It's simply a, a nasty mystery. I have no advice for you or for me. The problem is your wife's. What problem? Well, here are some tea cakes. The tea is steeping. Huh. Problem. Well, we're stumped, darling. Uh, we can't explain what we discovered or what to do next. Well, we have to find out what really happened. I don't see how we can. I don't either. Not at this moment. But I have the beginnings of an idea. Do you remember last night when I said, I know, and didn't want to tell you what it was? Yes. Well, it was the sobbing, Hal. I really heard it. You didn't. I no longer doubt it, Ethel. <laughs> Go on. It meant... Well, to me, it meant that... That some poor soul was in limbo. If that's the right word. A soul barred from heaven through no fault of its own? Exactly. Now, who could it be? I knew that it was my mother. And that meant that she had died without Christian burial. Perhaps that she had died in the air raid. But there is another possibility. And what is that, Mrs. Brooks? She was murdered. Ethel, lass, you cannot mean it. But I do, Ross. We're going to break down the wall where the chimney be walled up. It's her house, Ross. Uh, we'll do what she says. Well, I, I, I don't understand at all, not at all. Was I wrong about the empty coffin? Was it empty, Ross? Except for several huge stones. My father placed those stones in the coffin to give it weight. Aye. And disposed of the body elsewhere. It, if, if that be true... It has to be true. But the chimney, lass... I covered it myself with laths and plaster because... Because I... he said the chimney wasted heat. So he said... Let's get to work, Ross. It'll make an awful mess, Mr. Brooks. And solve a worse one. How? Well, <clears throat> here goes. <clears throat> There's no, nothing in the chimney. But there must be. Uh, How? Let me take a look. Uh, reach up, reach up and into the chimney. I'm doing my best. There is... Something. It's... Good Lord. 
Oh, no. It's a human bone. I... I once heard him say he'd kill her. He did it in London. I know it now. But why, Ross? Why would Gil have done a thing like this? Why? I, I didn't think he knew. Knew? Knew what? The lass will know, I think. You must not forget, Mr. Brooks. She has the gift. You wanted to see me, lass? Yes, Ross. Do you know, my dear? Yes. Uh, I loved your mother very much. I believe you. Gil abused her, tainted her, crushed her spirit. Men like stepping on a wildflower. I often felt like killing him. When she came to me, it's better that I say no more. He broke her spirit. In his methodical way, he suspected. And then he acted. I think I've known it since I first met you. Father. Forgive me. In God's name, forgive us both. You loved her. And I love you. Father. And so ends another tale of the macabre. A skeleton at the feast, indeed. Insight, the intense kind that certain persons possess, sometimes reveals a secret buried for years. A premonition can reveal it. A very small world, isn't it? When an English orphan in America can question a death and expose a murder. I'll be back shortly. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. Our inner world is entirely private and fascinating because each mind and soul is unique. Many creative persons have had hallucinations which psychiatry today would label psychoses. Fortunately for Mrs. Brooks, Dr. Duncan did not place a label on her and now her mind is clear. Our cast included Tony Roberts, Carol Titel, Court Benson, and Gordon Gould. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. The threat of a strike by the nation's air traffic controllers became a possibility again today. The executive board of their union is recommending rejection of the tentative agreement reached last month, just hours before a strike deadline. Results of the ratification vote won't be known for about a month, but it appears the membership will vote no. Reports of a Soviet naval buildup in the Mediterranean. The Soviets apparently have more ships in the area than they've had in four years. U.S. intelligence sources say they're planning a joint exercise next week with Syria, a move that's seen as a warning to Israel not to attack the Syrian missiles in southern Lebanon. 
The Reagan administration took great pains today to deny that the embargo has been lifted on delivery of U.S. fighter planes to Israel. Officials said that no decision has yet been made, and it won't be until they complete a review of that Israeli bombing attack on a nuclear reactor in Iraq, at issue whether the raid violated a U.S.-Israeli agreement. In Israel, the political standoff continues after Tuesday's indecisive election. Prime Minister Begin and opposition leader Shimon Peres...